You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to finish up the floor. Reza dropped down. Kobe! Oh! A high! Down hard! Kobe Our man, Kevin Harlan. Best call in the NBA, but this week, Ben... <laughs> He made a call to be remembered forever when a drunk guy decided to go on to the god-awful 49ers game and decided to just go with it and called it for about 30 seconds. That was glorious. Kevin Arlen, thank you very much. I, I don't know if you've seen, but um, LeBron James has tweeted to him yes. because he was he was watching the game at the same time. It was really funny. Oh, uh, Kevin Arlen is, of course, with the, the one famous... Kobe call you just heard and the one that's uh, uh, LeBron James with no regards for human life. He, he said it, he said it a couple of times regarding LeBron. Yeah. He said it when he was uh, with the Cavaliers. Said it when he was with the Heat. That's just his uh, his trademark call. He has this very uh, eloquent and very colorful uh, call that maybe uh, other uh, commentators don't have because they are not they are not as um, it's not as easy for them to, yeah. to talk and watch the action at the same time. Exactly. We are back on 100 Radio with our preview round of the NBA division today. We are going to talk about LeBron James' division, where the champions are the central division, Ben. So let's start with uh, the big changes in that division. The big team that made a lot of move and not necessarily for the better. And unfortunately... It's a team that, yes, those players went to your team, the Knicks, but the Bulls had a difficult offseason because of trades. Basically, Noah's gone, and as well as um, uh, uh, Rose. 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 So those former two big stars of the teams are gone, but maybe a new one has come to town in Dwayne Wade. Uh, yeah, but what you have to remember with Dwayne Wade is that is that the, the twilight of his career, I think he played 50-something games uh, last year. And he was not quite good and explosive enough to carry the Miami Heat uh, on uh, on to uh, the conference finals. Although his Miami Heat of last year was a very uh, likable team. Uh, when I look at the uh, Chicago Bulls this year, I see a lot of talent, but I see pieces that do not add up. I mean, Dwayne Wade is... And always has been the primary ball handler for his team. Rajon Rondo is and always has been primary ball handler for his team. And to be honest, if you're not going to give ball handling duties to Rajon Rondo, what are you going to do with him? And Jimmy Butler was expecting to get uh, primary ball handler duties for his team. But now not only he doesn't get them, but he gets moved to small forward to make place for Dwayne Wade. So... Um, there has been a lot of uh, difficulty and a lot of tension in um, the upper and um, the upper management in Chicago for over a year now, and it's not. I don't think this season is going to uh, be any different. I think someone is losing his job in Chicago uh, this season because I don't think this experiment is going to work. The cool thing right now is to find ways. Uh, it could be working. I've seen a very 
very defendable article by Matt Moore from CBS um, explaining how they could work together, but I, I just can't see it. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a difficult year in Chicago, uh, and that's without even mentioning the departure of Pogasol as well, which is another big key pieces of what Chicago had built over the last few years. So mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. Other team that's going to be tough for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a team that were very under expectations last year. They're almost touted with Greg Monroe to go to 50 games win, but last year they felt 17 games short of that with only 37 wins, and they were a laughing stock of the year until they beat Golden State to finish that uh, great run that Golden State was on in the winning streak, undefeated streak, up to 24-1. and one. The Bucks were the one in the 24-1, and one. but outside of that accomplishment, there was a write-off season for the Milwaukee Bucks last year. It was, and the first red flag I've seen last year was during the first um, preseason game where they played the Detroit Pistons, and that they just had no one who could shoot. They had a very big disconnect between the backcourt and the frontcourt, and it was a huge problem because um, they could not uh, hit any shooters in the rhythm. They could not uh, get any... Uh, any offense going, and had, that has a lot to do with having to play Greg Monroe at center, and that the fact that Chris Middleton was injured last year also. Um, the way I see it, they have simply not addressed any of their issues in the offseason. Um, they've picked up Mirza Taletovic, who is going to add some shooting um, as a stretch four, but... Uh, he's going to play behind Jabari Parker and John Henson anyway. And they got Tom Maker in the draft, your favorite. And What a name. <laughs> yeah. Canadian, Canadian trained Tom Maker. But he's, he, he's really going to play a lot of minutes uh, aside from uh, Miles Plumley and Greg Monroe. I would try to add to hide him as much as I can because I don't know if you remember he had this uh, this really abysmal performance where he fouled out of In a summer, summer league yeah. game with a record eleven fouls. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it, it it was completely nuts. And but at the court, at the, I think that um, the Bucks are going to try and play Greg Monroe and try to showcase him in the beginning of the year and maybe move him. Uh, somewhere down the line, with the new uh, with the new uh, um, uh, salary cap, he's going. His contract is, is more affordable, is more advantageous, and he could even be a deluxe bench guy on a championship team. So look for them to move Greg Monroe. Otherwise, they have not any of their uh, weakness at all, and I think they're going to have a very similar year to the one they just had. Uh, speaking of similar year to the one they just had, the Detroit Pistons, yeah, they got a little bit better by signing Ishmit and uh, point uh, for backup point guard, and they had Boban Marjanovic as part of the front court rotation. Uh, but, yes, but those players, as well as the draft that they had, it's too bad that they didn't get what they should have because of the trades of the past. But I'm uh, oh, sorry, Ben. Yeah, so the Pistons, you know. They're going to be a little bit better because players are going to be more used to play together. But do they want to tank again, or is that all done? Um, yeah, um, it's um, uh, it's an interesting case because uh, they were starting to gel together in the, the um, uh, last year. The Pistons they made the playoffs. They looked uh, kind of kind of good. They look 
kind of a Van Gundy-ish uh, team, and I like the pieces they have. Um, I, I I like the pieces they added to over the last um, over the last summer. I like that the fact that they signed John Lewer for a very cheap contract. I like the fact that they got Boban Marjanovic and Ishmit, and I like Stanley Johnson. I think he's going to maybe take over the small forward. Uh, duty. I think they're going to get a slightly better. I think they might even do the playoffs this year again, but uh, I can't see uh, the Pistons get terribly better uh, in 2016-17. At least it's a team that's on the mend. They're, they're trying to bridge that gap with youth, and now they're going to have draft picks next year at least, so there's going to be that. So there's a lot of things that's going to be up and coming for Detroit. So uh, the days that were in the bottom of the Central Division are over, especially when you have the Bucks in their state right now in that division. Well, there's the thing is, they have Stan Van Gundy, like, and he's very much a system coach, and like, he's very much a system uh, GM also. And San Van has has a plan, and he's making his he's making his trademark half court offense with four players out, like with Tobias Harris and John Lewer, and now he has Henry Ellenson. He got in the draft also, so he has a lot of nice pieces uh, he can run his offense with. And I think the future is bright. I think the Pistons are on the right track to get uh, to get better. They're just going to need some patience. One team that is on the right track to get even better, the Indiana Pacers, made a lot of acquisition. Yes, the bull changed a lot, but no team in the division is more transformed than the Pacers this offseason. And you have a team like Indiana where, yes, they were the seventh seed last year, coming into the playoff, but they did push Toronto to a seven game in that first round of the playoff. They outperformed maybe what they would have been able to do, and with Paul George and other going to uh, growing into their role with the Pacers, 2016-17 could be the year Indiana moves away from that first round of the playoffs. Well, what I see when I see the new and improved Indiana Pacers uh, lineup is a lineup that could very well be in the conference finals uh, this year. Uh, there's a lot of veterans. There's a lot of veterans who can play a cohesive style. I think that Jeff Teague and Paul George are going to light the league on fire. I think that Miles Turner is quick enough to play pick and roll, both with Teague and with George. Um, Thaddeus Young is going to be a nice complimentary piece. I have my uh, reserves uh, in regards to the coaching, though. I think the coaching is very. Uh, I think the coaching is very suspicious. They fired Frank Vogel for no reason whatsoever after he pushed uh, a depleted squad to uh, seven-game series against the Raptors, and they replaced him with Nate McMillan, who is who is historically the slowest coach. He runs the slowest offense in the history of the NBA, and they all give him players who play fast. So I don't know how it's going to work, but I could see the Pacers very well be in the conference finals this year. They're good enough. 
Speaking of teams that are trying to go to the conference finals once again, and this time around maybe even win again and go to the finals and even win again, the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James, signed a brand new three-year, $100 million deal this offseason. And Cleveland Cavaliers is LeBron James' team. Yes, Kyrie Irving, they have to better include Kevin Love and company Tristan Thompson Canadian content here. But the Cavaliers are the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Am I mistaken? No, not at all. They are the favorites, and they're going to be the favorites for many years to come, unless uh, Derrick Rose finds his knees again in New York. Uh, they're going to be favorites for a long, long time. And but here's the thing about the next regular season for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin. You have to be very suspicious of everything that's going on because. I think that LeBron James is going to tank the season. I think he's going to coast and uh, rest up until it's really mandatory that he plays really hard and that he's going to play transcendent basketball only in the uh, conference finals and in the NBA finals. Like the road is that easy for them. They can win yeah. uh, that easily. Even if uh, Timofey Mozgov is gone, even if Matthew Dellavedova is gone, even if uh, J.R. Smith is most likely gone, yeah. um, they they have their work cut out for them. I think they have like 12 players signed right now, so they have a lot of space to uh, get more signees yet. So Yeah, it's a death issue that's going to be the case because what you mentioned is basically the physical aspect of LeBron James' game. He wants to mm -hmm. save his body for when it matters. He doesn't want to get an injury. He doesn't want to overexert himself when it's not necessarily necessary for him to do so, for his team to get results. Save his gas tank for when it matters, like in the playoff, like in the NBA final, where he had to leave everything on the court. He had something to leave with. And if you go back to his legacy, his entire career of LeBron James right now, mm -hmm. and the, his work rate, how many games he played, the amount of finals that he made, he basically played more games than anybody over the last seven years. So there's that aspect to it too, that if he can coast, be complacent during the season to save his body, he's because he's coming to 30-year-old. I think he just turned 30. He was getting close to 30. He's going so, to turn 32, I believe. So he's, uh, he's, he's my this, age, right? In December. So he's my age, but his mileage on his car is a lot more than mine. His knees are probably killing him because of the entire physical exertion he did do over the last seven years. It is, it's a toll. It does bring a toll to your body and we'll see how he handles that situation because imagine that. He went to the conference finals or, or the NBA finals over the last, what, seven years? Eight years? Um, seven years, yes, I think. Exactly. So that's a lot. A lot of games. Mm. Short summers. So yeah, LeBron James' body is away. It's always intriguing to see when it's gonna give up on him because eventually it's gonna come there's a certain amount of mileage you can put in the car well he he does like that's the, the the discussion right he is in an uncharted territory right now of playing so many minutes and to put so much exertion on his bodies like nobody has played that many minutes that young in their career and, and, not, and not gotten injured like nobody in the history of the nba so and ben like he had to carry teams like we're talking about uh, the cavaliers before he moved away he was carrying them all to the playoff and further than nobody could imagine it was all on him then with the heat situation same oh. he carried that team and now with cleveland it's even to a higher level he's carrying that team forward on the his thing, back that's the thing yeah 
Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's we don't know. Like, like eventually his body's gonna break down. Uh, Father Time is undefeated. Whether you're LeBron James or Stephen or uh, Wayne Gretzky, like Father James is going to get to you at some point. And right now, we just don't know how much mileage uh, LeBron James has left in the tank. He's still very young, but he has an insane amount of mileage on his body. So I think he's going to play close to the vest, and he's going to be infuriating again this year. Uh, people are going to talk about underachieving uh, <laughs> all years. Wins everything. And then he's going to stomp on it on the playoffs and make everybody look like a fool again. I'm, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> all right, let's go with your prediction of the Central Division for the 2016-2017 season in the yes. NBA. In fifth position, with no surprise at all, the Bucks. Yeah, I think they're going to have exactly the same year as last year. I think that Jason Kidd's job might be on Joe Birdie if he is because um, the um, the rumor is that he has a lot of say in personnel decision. Uh, he would have had a lot of say in uh, acquisition of Michael Carter-Williams, Greg Monroe, and Tom Maker because Tom Maker is a client of his agent, Jeff Schwartz. So and all these pieces, they don't fit in the puzzle uh, the Bucks have. So uh, if the Bucks don't drastically overachieve, I'm expecting um, Jason Kidd's job to be in jeopardy. In fourth position, so I guess you're not expecting the Dwayne Wade and uh, Jimmy Butler relationship to go that well. Chicago Bulls in fourth position. Uh, no, I'm not expecting them to miss the playoff. It is. It is the right thing to do for them also to miss the playoffs because it's not with this weird construction of unmatching uh, win an NBA championship. Uh, I think that Jimmy Butler is going to grow very frustrated with Wayne and Rondo. uh, And I think he might even be out of town by the end of the year um, because technically... Um, Jimmy Butler is the most valuable of all three. So if the Bulls want to get maximum yeah. uh, maximum uh, uh, comeback on a uh, on a potentially roster breaking trade, they have to trade uh, Jimmy Butler. But I'm really really not confident in these Bulls. In third position with a 44 win prediction, which would mean a spot in the playoff or very close to, you have the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I believe in Stan Van Gundy. I think that it works, and I think that what he does works, and I think that he knows what kind of personnel works for his uh, for his offense. And the thing is, they just need some reps. Uh, they're in the right direction. I like the acquisition of Henry Ellenson. I like uh, the draft pick of Stanley Johnson. I just think they need some reps. They're not going to be ready this year. But maybe next year they're gonna st- we're going to start to uh, they're going to start to be a very big problem uh, around the league. In second position in the Central Division, Ben predicts with a 48 victory, 34 losses prediction for the Indiana Pacers, which would mean a guaranteed spot in the playoff and close to second or third, maybe even in the East for the Pacers, maybe this year. They have a lot of vets. They have a lot of guys who are professionals, who know how to play, who know how to sacrifice. They have a superstar in Paul George, and now they have a point guard 
who is a shot creator, which they haven't had like in close to a decade. Um, Jeff Teague can create his own shot. He can create a shot for his teammates. Um, I think that's going to supercharge the offense of the Indiana Pacers. And they're going to bring them close to 50 wins this year. I don't think they kind of top 50, but it's gonna, they're going to uh, be close to 50 wins. And your prediction for the champion of the Central Division 2016-2017, you're talking about a repeat, even a three-peat. Cleveland Cavaliers will be the champion of the Central Division with a whopping 57-win prediction, Ben. That's more than double the amount of losses they could get that year. Oh, well, yeah. And the thing is, everybody is going to be very over-analytical about the fact they're not topping 60 wins. There should be a 60-win team, blah, 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 blah. But they're going to coast the season again. They might do some moves mid-season again. And LeBron James is going to stomp on it through the playoffs. And unless he gets injured, unless Kyrie Irving gets injured, it should be enough to carry them to the NBA Finals again. And this brings us to the tradition in our show, talking about the prospect of the week. And this week, we're talking about somebody from one of the biggest programs in the NCAA, the team of Coach Mike Shashevsky. One of my favorite words to say in the entire world, Shashevsky, Duke, Blue Devil. We're talking about Marcus Bolden. Yep, uh, it's the third Duke uh, prospect we're doing this year. Like we're done, like about what ten or twelve? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and that's how spectacular the, uh, the, recruitment the recruiting is, right? the recruiting crop was this year for Duke. Last year they had Jalelo Kafour and Pius Jones. That's it. Both the guys are gone to the NBA. And but I uh, know. Pardon me. That was the year before. Last year was Brandon Ingram. Yes. Only they only had Brandon Mr. Ingram. Mr. Tattoo, Brandon Ingram. Yes. And this year they got Harry Giles, they got Jason Tatum, they got Frank Jackson, and now they got Marquise Bolden, who was ranked 16 by the, on the ESPN Top 100 recruits uh, this year. What does Marquise Bolden have to offer? Um, he's a pretty raw player. I'm not that convinced he's going to be a one-and-done and go get into pros next season. He is a very athletic kid. He's six foot eleven, which I think he could still have room to grow. He might make it to seven feet. He can jump out of the building like most kids his age that are at this level. He can finish. He can. Is uh, a great target uh, at the hoop. He's a great defender. He's a great rim defender on the other end, which is also very important. But there are a lot of questions about Marquise Bolden. First question: Is he gonna play a lot this year? Like. Um, the Duke Blue Devils have a senior center named Emil Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson struggled with some injuries last couple of years, but if he's healthy, he's going to play right next to Harry Giles next season. Um, second question, can he defend um, the perimeter? Can he defend the pick and roll? So we're going to see if Marquis Bolden can... Uh, as more than a one-dimensional uh, rim protector, it's like that would guarantee him he, a, a um, that would guarantee him a almost a first-round uh, selection. And the third question: Can he do anything else but finish around the rim? Uh, I've seen some footage of him shooting bunnies and hooks near to him near the rim, and I'm not convinced. I think he's he shoots them in a very heavy. Uh, 
uh, loaded hand and he's having a lot of trouble uh, finishing. He finishes, but it's not pretty. And I think his ceiling, uh, his absolute ceiling, best case scenario would be DeAndre Jordan. But unless he is willing to get a little more uh, playing time under his belt at Duke and let Mike Krzyzewski um, work his magic on him, I projects as an NBA backup big man. He is like, like he doesn't pass the eye test right now. And I, he's really need going. To, he's really going to need a divine Coach K intervention to impress me. There's just too much talent for him to have a lot of growth next season. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on him. Absolutely, Ben. All right, which division are we looking forward to talk about next week? Ah, that's the surprise we got for you guys. We're not doing a division next week. We're going to do a Eastern Conference playoff preview. There so we basic, go. we'll predict the eight teams that will, because obviously we're always right. We're going to predict the eight teams that will go into the Eastern Conference playoffs, and how the playoffs are going to uh, play out. Like we're we're completely freestyling this, so we might be <laughs> uh, we might be wrong about everything, but it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Make sure to tune in for this. Absolutely. So until next week, have a good basketball. Yes, sir. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.